Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a football Friday on The Fan. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in and talk about the NFL. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We took a call from a Steelers fan earlier. Are there any Titans fans out there upset about the loss last night? How about a Seahawks fan or a Ravens fan? That's a good matchup. This weekend. Where's Dolphin Dave? Dolphin Dave, are you still out there in Richmond? We haven't heard from you in a while, man. That's a big time matchup this weekend for two in the Finns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but right now, it's time to talk a little commanders on the fan. And we are halfway through the 2023 2024 season. And the commanders seem to already be looking at next season. So that's why I wanted to put it out there right now, 833-804-0910. How the F did we get here now, right? How did we get here? From 2-0. and You guys remember that? We did two Victory Monday shows back-to-back. Me and Michael Phillips were ready to do our sh- uh, the show with our shirts off if the team went 3-0. and We were streaking, running around the quad. 2-0 and flying high under new ownership. Now all of a sudden, sellers at the deadline? A dead man walking with head coach Ron Rivera and a defense that has just failed to live up to their expectations. This was once a 2-0 football team. It's hard to believe that now, looking back on what could have been as the commanders are now 3-5, just sold their two top edge rushers at the deadline. It is November 3rd, and we're already talking about the NFL draft. We're already talking about next season with nine games to play in this season. What about this season? What about this weekend? I ask, should Commanders fans, should we just give up on this team? Should we hope that they lose the next nine games? Should we be tanking on purpose for Caleb Williams or for a a top draft pick to replace Chase Young, a better edge rusher whose dad doesn't want to call into the station when he's upset? Should this team be fighting for a wild card spot? Ron Rivera's teams never bottom out. You know he's going to eventually get some wins in November and December. Or is Sam Howell's development the only thing that you're focusing on, right? Win or lose, did Sam Howell play well? Win or lose, has Sam Howell improved from week to week to week? Personally, I, AWOD, go back to the beginning of the offseason when this team was going to be sold, Right? And I said, hey, if Dan Snyder actually sells this team, if the devil actually says goodbye to his favorite team, that's as good as winning a Super Bowl. We all celebrated. We had a parade. They had the black and sold party, the burgundy and sold party in Washington, D.C., where Josh Harris, the new owner, bought everyone a beer. And just like that, the fan base was rejuvenated and excited for this season. But it seems like selling the franchise... Being as good as the Super Bowl was completely hyperbole, right? I mean, the new owners were handed a bad team. And now, after five losses in six games, they have begun focusing on next season already. But again, I ask you, how did that happen? What happened? This team was 2-0. I think the answer is simple. The defense never got on track. The defense never got going. Right? The offense had put up great numbers through two games. Then they regressed, and the Commanders went back to playing 30 minutes of football instead 
of 60. Either not showing up for the entire first half or getting out coached with adjustments to start the third quarter. And I did want to point out there that Ron Rivera let this team down as Washington was blanked by the Eagles in the third quarter of not one but two games in which they scored 31 points. How the hell does that happen? The beginning of the season, if I told you Washington was going to score 31 on the Eagles, you'd say they were probably 1-1 one and one and maybe 2-0 and oh against Philly. How did this happen? I think bad coaching. No adjustments. So just like that, Washington fell down the hill like Jack and Jill. Losing to the Bills. Losing to the Eagles. Which, of course, carried over four days later into a Thursday night massacre against the Chicago Bears. We got a glimpse of what could be with a win against Atlanta, but then the story of this season, another stinker, another heartbreak, and Washington had no choice but to be sellers at the trade deadline. What's so frustrating to me as a diehard fan of this team is that this is a 3-5 and five football team. A 3-5 and five football team who is still... Literally one game out of a wild card spot. The Falcons and the Vikings are both 4-4 four and four playing with backup quarterbacks, and they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot this weekend. But then I asked myself, well, what does wild card do for Josh Harris? What does the seven seed in the playoffs do for Josh Harris, the new owner? It wouldn't be a home playoff game where he would get to sell tickets. No. It wouldn't lead to some miraculous run to the Super Bowl. Probably be one and done, a blowout against the Eagles, the Lions, or the Niners. So Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails, and the ownership group chose to move forward with the moniker, trust the process. Trust the process. That plan, and they began the inner workings of what should be a very good offseason in 2024 for the Commanders. Five picks. Five picks in the top 150. Plenty of cap space. And you know what? Josh Harris with a blank checkbook, great enough to make Jeff Bezos jealous. I think this is going to be an offseason to remember for the Commanders. But we focus on this weekend, this Sunday. Will this Commanders team, will the locker room stick together and respond to the two big trades by playing inspired defensively? Or will they show up flat once again and be outcoached by Bill Belichick the old ball coach with the hoodie himself. I believe they are going to come out and play inspired football. I also am not going to pick them to win this game. I think they're going to come out and they're going to play strong defensively and hopefully create some turnovers because Mac Jones has been coughing the ball up every single week. But offensively, as good as Sam Howe looked last week, I really think... That was all about the game plan that Biennemi put in place for that Eagles game. And I'm not sure that's going to carry over to the road in Foxborough against New England and Bill Belichick's defense. He knows how to blitz. He knows how to disguise looks. He knows how to change coverages to hurt a rookie quarterback. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this game, but I do think you're going to see inspired football from Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Jonathan Allen, when he talked to the media this week, didn't seem to mind losing Chase Young and Montez Sweat. He said, hey, it's a business. It's a business. 
the National Football League. I think Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and the boys on the defensive side of the ball will be fired up and will be able to create some turnovers, but I'm just worried that our young quarterback who was flying high after scoring 31 on the Eagles will fall slightly back to earth. I I agree with Michael Phillips, MP on the mic from 10 to noon, and he said it's going to be a battle to 21 points. First to 21 wins this Sunday. We'll take your phone calls next, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. and always available on the go on the Odyssey app at 910 The Fan. is proud to be Richmond's home for the Hokies. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and they've got a big one this weekend. You heard us talking about it earlier. I'm picking the Hokies to get the upset over Louisville. And, of course, I live in Scott's Edition, and there's a very cool event going on at Wooden Iron in Scott's Edition. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the one and only Bruce Smith. What's going on, Bruce? Uh, <laughs> all is good, my man. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, and I'm excited about this game uh, this Saturday, too, against Louisville. Absolutely. So let's start with the Hokies, and uh, I've been talking about how it was doom and gloom at the beginning of the season, and then in comes Chiron Drones, and he has single-handedly turned around the offense. The defense has been able to get after the quarterback, 15 sacks in the last two games, and now all of a sudden, Coach Prize in a groove, Bruce. Yeah, he, he, he certainly is. Um, I, I think the young men are buying into the system. Uh, they are starting to believe in it. They're starting to play with confidence. Uh, I know from a defensive perspective, uh, which is what I tend to focus on, uh, guys were just out of place. And we had two guys, sometimes three guys in the same gap. And unfortunately, that leaves uh, other gaps that are big enough to drive a dump truck through. Uh, and one, once guys have understood uh, the cohesiveness of the defense, uh, their responsibilities and their gag controls, it's made a major difference and is starting to pay off big dividends right now. And, Bruce, there is a huge Hokie fan base here in Richmond, so I hope you're ready to be overwhelmed with people trying to take photos with you at Wood and Iron in Scott's Edition tomorrow. And you'll be getting there when, around 3.30? Well, well, that's why I'm coming. I'm I'm right down the road. I've got a bunch of friends in in Richmond, and uh, I, I'm just excited uh, to be a part of this uh, this Hokey Watch Party sponsored by uh, uh, Richmond Grand Casinos, and uh, I, I think we're going to have a, a great time. Watch some 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 great football. Watch the Hokies get back on track, and and I got I, you, my personal feelings is once we get a good recruiting class under Pryor's belt, uh, one or two good recruiting classes, we're going to be right in the thick of things and be extremely competitive, not only in the ACC, uh, but throughout college football. So that's what I'm excited about, this, this new energy, uh, this, this new mentality uh, of being on this football team and the aggressiveness that they're playing with right now. 
but this this watch party is is all attributed to uh, the folks at Grand Casino, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's starting at 3:30 this Saturday at Wooden Iron in Scotts Edition, presented by Richmond Grand uh, Resort and Casino. You can hang out with the one and only Bruce Smith. And Bruce, I heard a rumor the Heisman Trophy is going to be there in Scotts Edition. Is that true? Uh, that that is on the the, the agenda. Yes. Now, <laughs> obviously, I don't I don't have one. Uh, I've got an out I, I've got an Outland Trophy, uh, but uh, but yes, that that's my understanding that that's going to be there. So it, it should be a great time uh, uh, with a bunch of Hokie fans, and uh, you know, I just like for everyone to come out while we're watching football or prior to that. Uh, we'll be able to explain to you why November the 7th is so important. Uh, being able to bring in additional tax revenue uh, that will directly impact child care in the Richmond area uh, and go to schools uh, will be a huge boost to the economy. It's Bruce Smith with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can join Bruce for a meet and greet and a watch party, a Hokies watch party at Wooden Iron and Scott's Edition this Saturday for their game against Louisville. And of course, Bruce Smith was a first ballot Hall of Fame inductee in the NFL after 19 seasons, 279 games, an amazing uh, record, 200 sacks. And Bruce, I'm 30 years old, so I I remember you vividly with my Washington Redskins. What do you remember most about your time here in Washington? Oh, wow. I, I, I tell you, it, you know, everything, I, I'm a Virginia guy, uh, born in, in Norfolk, Virginia. And um, instead of leaving and, and going to California or Florida, uh, I wanted to stay here in Virginia because I love Virginia. Uh, we have so much to offer, the mountains, the ocean, great weather, eight, nine months out of the year. Uh, the cost of living is, is just fantastic it's it's very uh, uh compatible to 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 any like kind kind of, of of state or region and and the people are just fantastic so it's a great place to raise a family so so um it, you know it gives me a great deal of pride to say i'm from the 757 and from virginia and 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 that we produce so many athletes uh, from this state and from this this region, uh, I mean, the, you, you start going down the list of the the Allen Iversons, the Michael Vicks, uh, uh, the Cam Chancellors, the the Alonzo Mornings, the the the, the, the world champ Ernell Sweepy Whitaker, who, went to, who I went to high school with, uh, and the list Alonzo Morning, the the list just goes on and on and on. So. Uh, I have a great deal of pride in this state, uh, this region, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to to Saturday at this watch party. Bruce Smith with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So, Bruce, we do a segment on my show, All Out Blitz, where I feel like a lot of radio shows, they focus on the quarterback, they focus on the wide receivers. I do a whole segment where I focus on the pass rushers, the guys that get after the quarterback. So who are a few guys that really you really enjoy watching in the NFL now? Well, well, uh, the two most important positions on a football team is the quarterback and the pass rusher. Make no mistake about it. Um, and, and those are the two positions that direct directly – 
decide who's going to win and lose the football game. Uh, so the guys that 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 I look uh, uh, that I pay close close attention to uh, are those guys, uh, and those guys are, are the Miles Garretts, uh, the uh, Aaron Donalds, yeah, uh, the Bosa, uh, Chase Young when he's when he's healthy. Um, there, there's there's a number of guys that that just garner so much attention every time. They walk out on the football field. The teams have to game plan to make sure that they don't take over the the, the, the ball game. Uh, so those are the guys that, that that really get my juices going when I'm I'm checking out a ball game and I'm 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 really dissecting every single play that takes place. And not only just those guys because the uh, the defensive tackles are extremely important. Because if the quarterback can't step up in the pocket, that allows the outside pass rushers to, to be able to really turn that corner. And if you can bend and you can turn the corner and create separation as a defensive end, uh, you're going to get a lot of sacks and you're going to help your team uh, win a lot of ball games. Bruce, you mentioned Chase Young. I've got to ask you about him because it is so frustrating, myself being a Skins Commanders fan, that a hometown kid uh, struggled here with injuries and then they basically gave up on him, not giving him his fifth-year extension and then trading him to the 49ers. I mean, how tough is it, you're from Virginia, to be a hometown kid playing for the hometown football team? I feel like he was dealing with a lot of outside pressure. Well, it, it, it's a tough situation. Hometown, uh, injuries, um, that can derail a career uh, very quickly. Uh, but I think, uh, I think both teams really got something, and they both are going to come out of this uh, as winners. Um, you know, Chase gets to go and play with his, his college teammate uh, in, in Bosa, and the uh, commanders are getting – uh, a number of draft picks. Uh, so as long as those draft picks are chosen wisely, uh, they have an opportunity to build a franchise that, that will stand through the test of time. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see how this plays out in the next year or two. But um, I, I always like to see guys, when they're counted out, I like to see them come back and perform extremely well. So good luck to Chase. Uh, I hope he does extremely well, and, and I hope the commanders use those draft picks wisely and build a team uh, that will be competitive in, in, in the NFC. And you can join the legendary Hokie pass rusher, Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer, at Wooden Iron and Scott's Edition this Saturday for a Hokies watch party. And, Bruce, I'm going to tell you, I go to Wood Iron all the time. The Game day entree combos, the best thing in all of Richmond, because you get a burger and five wings. And I'm a big fella, and I love to crush food when I watch football. <laughs> well, well I, I don't eat red meat. I uh, haven't eaten it in, in decades. But everything else on that menu is fair game. <laughs> and that's why you're in better shape than I am. <laughs> All right, so you'll be at uh, One Iron Scott's Edition 330, uh, presented by the Richmond Grand Casino, and that'll be on the ballot for Tuesday. Big day for Richmond. Why should Richmonders move forward with the vote for the casino? Well, I, I, I from my perspective, anytime you can generate new, new sources of revenue, uh, plus provide – 
entertainment, uh, and, and, and economic development in terms of, of real estate, uh, generating new tax revenue that will go towards child care and schools. I think that's something that every city or region uh, should entertain. Uh, we are in one of the worst economic times that we've seen uh, in, in decades. Uh, and it just seems to me uh, that if you have an opportunity to bring in new sources of revenue uh, that provides entertainment, uh, that provides real estate development, uh, and brings in energy and, and a desti- another destination place, I just think it makes all the sense in the world. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for the time. Go Hokies, and I'd love to have you on the show again sometime. Sounds good. Go Hokies. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Hokies. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM or on the free Odyssey app. And that was so cool to catch up with Bruce Smith. Like I told him, I saw him at the Virginia Tech Bowl game back in 2014 when my buddy Ronnie Van Dyke from South County, my high school friend, was on the team. And so I'm going to post the photo here, a little uh, flashback Friday of me and Bruce Smith from 2014, as it was great to get him on the show last segment. If you missed any of that, you can rewind on the Odyssey app. And joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. To continue our Hokies conversation is Andy Bitter. What's going on, Andy? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. And how have you noticed the fan base's reaction to the last few weeks here? I mean, it's a slow start to the season, but three wins in the last four, and it feels like everyone in Richmond is like walking around wearing burgundy, wearing maroon, and supporting the Hokies now. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot more excitement. I think I think there's still some cautious optimism with it. I mean, the three teams they've beaten, uh, sort of at the bottom of the ACC standings here, and, yeah. and clearly going on the road here to play Louisville. It's, uh, you know, after Florida State, the stiffest test they'll have in the ACC. So I, I think Hokies fans are feeling better, but they realize that you know that there are a couple mountains they haven't climbed yet in terms of turning the corner on this thing. So uh, this week's game could be a real big one to see how for real this team is. Yeah, no, no, you're so right, and and it is interesting, and we, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, like, you have to take advantage, because you only play the games on your schedule, and for the Hokies this year, there was no North Carolina, there was no Clemson, there was no Duke, and so, with all that being said, they have a chance to play in an ACC title game if they can beat Louisville and win a couple winnable games at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that... You know, we're sitting here talking about what, will this team get to a bowl game is still a question that's up in the air. I mean, six, four and four with two, four games left. Yeah. Still have to win two of them. No guarantee in that. But if they win this one, they're very much in a good position to possibly get to Charlotte for that. So it's just, it's a strange setup that, you know, they started the season so poorly, but have sort of turned it on here in ACC play that uh, it can be both things at the same time, or bowl eligibility is in question, but you know, you win a couple games, and amazingly, you could be playing for an ACC title. Yeah, how do you quantify like how good this could be for the program and recruiting if they could turn this season into a spot in the ACC championship game? 
No, I, I think it all kind of goes in the same pot in terms of uh, you know, positive momentum for the program. I don't know that winning certain games or even if you don't, if you do make the ACC title game, I don't think it's a huge boon to recruiting. I think you kind of recruit at the level that you put into it. Uh, so this staff has been doing some good things on the recruiting trail. I think this would be help. The, it'd be helpful. This would just be something that they, another thing that they could sell on the recruiting trail. But uh, you won't be a good recruiting school or a bad recruiting school just based on results like this. Andy Bitter with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, senior staff writer and lead football writer for Tech Sideline covering the Hokies. Andy, what are your keys to victory for the Hokies at Louisville? Well, they're going to have to slow down Jawar Jordan because he's an incredible running back, and he can really take over a game. Uh, if he's running the ball, they're not going to put too much on Jack Plummer the quarterback to be able to do things. I think in order to beat Louisville, you have to, to slow down the run and make Jack Plummer be the guy that beats you through the air. And offensively, you know, again, I think it starts on the ground. I mean, they've got to get positive yardage again. Maybe not 318 yards like they did last time out against Syracuse, but they need to run the ball. They need to move the ball on the ground, uh, keep Louisville's offense off the field, and, uh, you know, hopefully sustain some drives. I think the fewer drives and the lower scoring this game is, the better it'll be for the Hokies. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm hoping that they can keep it close in the first half and then come out of the gates in the third quarter hot and be able to establish uh, the ground and pound and, and get that rushing attack going, uh, and then maybe you steal a victory late. Uh, wh- how would you evaluate Kyron Drones? Not really the running quarterback, but more just the, the guy passing the ball. Yeah, I think Kyron's been impressive throwing it. Uh, you know, we heard – all throughout the preseason, that you know, you know, Wells is the better thrower and, and Drones is the better runner in this. I don't know if that's necessarily true when it comes to passing. I think Drones has been uh, as effective or, or better than what Wells has thrown the ball when he was a starter for the last year plus. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of time with this year's group of receivers to get out there and show much. But you know, when they put Drones in the game, I thought that it would be this big liability, a real development. Uh, part of his game where he's going to have to come along over you know the rest of this year and into next year before he really looks like a, a capable thrower. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think he's capable right now. He can really light it up in the air. Now it's it's not always precise and not always perfect, but you know he runs the RPO well. He he finds open receivers. He can create extra time by moving around in the pocket or getting out of the pocket on the roll. So uh, I think he's a very effective passer uh, when they use him right. Are there any injury news or notes that you need to report? You know, Bayshaw Tootin was a little banged up this week. They had him in a blue jersey. Uh, I think he's going to be fine for this game. Jalen Stroman is the question mark. Uh, left that Syracuse game with a, I don't know if it was a shoulder or a stinger, what exactly it was, but he, he missed the second half of that game. And he's out there in a blue jersey and he was running fast, but, you know, he's not taking contact. And that's the concern with him is how is he going to be able to, to deliver and absorb contact in the field. So I think that's something they were going to test later this week, and I guess we'll see on Saturday. Should be a good one on Saturday with the Hokies on the road at Louisville. What is the history of Virginia Tech going to Louisville? There's not much of one uh, lately. Uh, they came here in 2020 in the in the COVID season and actually won a shootout of a game. I think it was like 42-35, something like that. Uh, tons of points, not a whole lot of defense. They were going up and down the field on each other, uh, back and forth. So I, I don't know if there would be quite that many offensive fireworks in this game, but I, I do expect it to be a good game and a pretty good atmosphere. I mean, Louisville has put a lot of money into that stadium 
uh, I was pretty impressed by it the last time I was up there. Andy, always appreciate you taking the time. Follow Andy's work on social media. Andy Bitter, Virginia Tech, senior staff writer and lead football beat writer for Tech Sideline. Lastly, what's it going to take for the Hokies to come back to Blacksburg with a win? You know, like I said before, you try to, to, to limit the run on their side, run the ball. And I, I think you got to make some plays uh, in untraditional ways. And, you know, basically I'm saying Beamer balling. Try to win this game with a, a big defensive play or a special teams play because that's how you steal these games. When you're a 10-point underdog or whatever it is, you have to make some plays uh, in areas of the game that maybe aren't just the traditional way. So, uh, you know, they got Tucker Holloway back there on punt returns. He's proven to be uh, a big play guy back there. They have some playmakers on this defense, haven't had as many uh, turnovers forced or you know, touchdowns on the defensive side, but I think they're capable there. And I, I think if they could make a play or two in that regard, it would really help uh, them you know, come away with the win in this game. Andy, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So big game this Saturday. want to remind everyone, you can hang out with Hall of Famer Bruce Smith at One Iron in Scott's Edition, or if you're driving around RVA, driving around the 804, just tune in to 910 The Fan to hear Bill Roth on the play-by-play. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Happy Friday. It's a football Friday just after 2.45 here on November 3rd in Richmond, Virginia. Quick show note. I do need to let the AWOD Army know. I do not personally support the Richmond Grand Casino and Resort. I appreciate Bruce Smith and the team behind the resort for setting up the interview and setting up this cool watch party at Wooden Iron and Scott's Edition. I'm glad Bruce was able to come on the show, give his opinion on the vote, but I did want to let the listeners know his views do not represent the views of this show. And we will always stay away from politics. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and I respect your opinion and thoughts. I just wanted to put it out there that I do not support uh, that when it comes up on the bill November 7th. But we did want to get into a little bit of a weekend preview to close out the show today. We got JC on the mic on hey, the hey. ones and twos. Any weekend hey. plans? Oh, nothing crazy this weekend. As far as I'm aware, it's supposed to be frigid and miserable outside all weekend. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something indoors. Are you thinking about going out to Scott's Edition Wood Iron tomorrow? I am because that is supposed to be indoors. Yeah. And it sounds like a hell of a good time. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Smith's going to be there. Uh, The Heisman Trophy's going to be there. It's going to be packed with Hokies fans, and and it is a big game. I've got a wedding this weekend, JC. Woo! My friend Connor. Congrats to Connor and Morgan. Can't wait for you guys to get married. Have babies, little Connors running around the Seagull Center. Can't wait for that. So congratulations, and uh, I'm looking forward to celebrating with you on Saturday. But one issue, Josh. All right? What's that? I bought the suit that I'm going to wear in April. Have not tried it on since June. I have been waiting for the last minute here. All right, I'm going to do another workout today to try to lose a couple uh, you know, pounds or something, but mm-hmm. I, I am deathly scared because what do I do if I don't fit into it? Do I just do I come in black jeans? Am I that lame? You're going to have to get it tailored. Yeah, but you can't do that last minute. No, <laughs> Nobody tailors in under 24 hours. 
And maybe you could find somebody. I don't know. I'm not well versed enough in the suit wearing to tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I couldn't <laughs> borrow your suit. We do not have the same body type. <laughs> we are slightly different body types. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My goodness. <laughs> that jacket wouldn't get even halfway around me. <laughs> All right. So I'll try on the suit later today and hopefully, hopefully it fits. But we did want to get to this interesting article on Inside Nova. Mm-hmm. Amusement park operator Cedar Fair whose parks include King's Dominion in Virginia, will merge with Six Flags Entertainment, whose parks, of course, include Six Flags America in Maryland in an all-stock deal valued at $2 billion. What do you think of this merger, man? That's wild. I mean, so, and I mentioned before... Uh, we came back from the break how I thought it was kind of a bonehead move of King's Dominion to say, we're just going to be open all year. That's our answer. That's how we're going to get more people right. in People here. are going to love riding the roller coaster in the snow, right? <laughs> Freezing my everything off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now this is a really exciting thing. Anybody that's ever been to Six Flags knows that they bring the sauce as far as entertainment goes. Good so you coasters. would say you would choose Six Flags between the two of them? Mm, yeah. Really? So I'm yeah. on the other side. And I'm kind of heartbroken <laughs> by this merger because I've always been a King's Dominion over Six Flags guy. Mm. I think I think what both of us agree, uh, Bush Gardens better than both? Yes. Yes. Oh, hands right. down. The problem well, is it's, it's a little farther say. away, right? It is a little bit of, more of a hike. You Growing go. up, Fairfax Station, my dad got uh, what the stupid summer pass. Like I, I love my dad. <laughs> he spent so much money on that summer pass to King's Dominion <laughs> to drag me and my sister's ass you know, down 95 South to go to King's Dominion. Yep. This is the way it would work. It's like an hour and 10 minute drive at, at best, mm-hmm. probably an hour 30. We would complain for about 90 minutes. Then you see the <laughs> sign for King's Dominion. We'd be all fired Yay. up. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to the Rugrats Museum. Oh, we're going to oh, go to the yeah. Nickelodeon show. We're going to get slimed. Mm-hmm. We're going to. I played the basketball game every single time I went there. Oh, yeah. My dad burned so many $10 bills <laughs> for me to win a stupid uh, Hokies or UVA basketball. That, that game that was didn't way last more expensive long. than you oh. thought it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how they made their money. But uh, I was a baller. And so I would knock down my shot usually. Um, but that's the thing is we would complain for about 90% of the trip and then we'd have a great time. And yeah. then the ride home, we'd be like, we're never coming back here, dad. It's such a long drive. Right. But right. Um, I have so many great memories from the water park at King's Dominion. Oh, man. The um, the lazy river. So many fun memories. The Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. Where and are so my people? I'm kind of upset Scooby-Doo? by this story. So the company calls the deal a merger of equals. Seager Fair shareholders will own 51.2% of the combined company, while Six Flags shareholders will own 48.8%. Both companies' boards have approved the deal. Now it, the next step is for the shareholder uh, approval. Right. But um, I, I was kind of blown away by this deal because it's like it's almost like Coke and Pepsi merging after fifty years. Yeah, no, it's pretty controversial. Yeah. Fun fact: what do you what do you think the uh, New York Stock Exchange's uh, the ticker symbol is for Six Flags? Oof, no idea. Uh, well, okay. Um, think about it. S X. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually F U N. How about that? That's that's a good one there. That oh, actually that's a, made me laugh. Nice out loud. little fun fact there. <laughs> All right, so the CEO of Six Flags said Six Flags and Cedar Fair share a strong cultural alignment, operating philosophy, and steadfast commitment to providing consumers with thrilling experiences. 
by combining our operational models and technology platforms, we expect to accelerate our transformational activities and unlock new potential for our parks. I guess if you're Mm -hmm. an amusement park goer, like frequently, no, I haven't been in probably five years, then maybe this is good news, right? Right. Because I guess they should kind of like team up and improve roller coasters, improve safety, Mm -hmm. improve the rides and and the fun, I guess, right? Yes. I mean, if you you know anything about Six Flags, uh, where they rate on the country's, well, the world's roller coasters, they're pretty high up there. Now, I, mean, I want to know, is the Six Flags mascot, the bald guy that used to dance around with a hat, is he still alive? <laughs> like, is he still kicking? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, man. What Don't break it? my heart they, now. They call him Mr. Six. Oh, I'm going to look him up right now. He's a He was a TV character from 2004 to 2010. I'm, okay. kind of, I'm kind of worried that he passed away. I'm kind of worried. Let That's, me see if I can find yeah, this Yeah, now out. you've got me sweating, because uh, now I'm thinking about the It started as Boys. just a Halloween costume. Okay. Um, apparently, Dan Snyder. When he took over Six Flags, that no. he, uh, he announced that this was part of his first ad campaign. That was the <laughs> one good thing Dan Snyder ever, <laughs> ever did. did. Ever. Ever. I mean, and I mean ever. We just stumbled upon a yeah, really you fun know what? fact So they there. don't have a name for this guy. I think they did several elderly men wearing a tuxedo and thick-framed glasses. It had to have been. Usually shown stepping slowly off a bus, mm-hmm. and then suddenly he performed a frenetic dance to the... <laughs> Venga Boy song, We Like to Party. We Like How to does Party. How that song go? What is it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I always liked about Six Flags. Everything else about King's Dominion I thought was better. And King's Dominion had a connection with Nickelodeon. And I was a hardcore Nickelodeon guy. Huge Nick kid. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's the problem with kids these days. They didn't grow up on Tommy Pickles like I did. Mm. They're missing Rugrats in their life. And it's the reason these kids are making mistakes with these TikTok trends. It's the reason they're putting Tide Pods in their mouth and doing all these (laughs) stupid things. Because Tommy Pickles, Phil, and Lil would have told them nay. You know who never ate Tide Pods? Who? Tommy. Tommy, yes. Chucky. Yes. Phil, Lil, even as dirty and (laughs) foolhardy as Phil and Lil were... No Tide Pods anywhere yeah. You know who would mouth. eat Tide Pods? That'd be something that Angelica would have done. Right? Angelica. <laughs> Angelica. Oh, oh man, no. I love going down memory road. Did you watch Doug? Did you watch Doug? Boy, howdy. Let me tell you. <laughs> I watched the ever-living you-know-what out of Doug. And did you know, you probably do, that Doug is based on his high school. is supposed to be Hermitage High School. I did hear that it was supposed to take place in Richmond because I think yeah. the owner was his name Doug Elin or something like that. that I, I right. could be wrong about it, but I think the owner uh, or the guy that created Doug was born and raised in Richmond. That's true. But when I watched the show, I didn't know if I really got Richmond vibes from it. It's but I was also be, young. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be very clandestine to Richmond, okay. like similar, but you you never would have put two and two together if you didn't know. Can we get a Doug Funny amusement park here in Richmond? Now the Kings oh, Dominion yes. and Sick Flags are combined. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio. JC on the mic, filling in on the ones and twos for Stub. Hopefully he'll be back on Monday. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.